0: Hey everyone, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, where we're going to talk about topics that will motivate and inspire and help you tap into your purpose and improve your performance in life and in business. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, and I am honored and pleased to have a special guest with me today, She is a leader within our um, community, the city of South Bend, Michiana. And uh, she is one that has been in the area for for a while. She was the former clerk, the county clerk, I believe it was through 2015 through 2018. Yes. And um, she is now the current CFO of the South Bend Community School Corporation. Uh, It is Karima Fowler. Karima, thank you for being with me.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy. And so um, if those of you who um, have not been on the podcast before. Every time I start the podcast, I like to just kind of reiterate what my goal is for this season. And the goal for this season is really to focus on a one-word topic and then just kind of unpackage that topic. And so today I really want to talk about the idea of leading. And uh, leading is so important. We've actually talked before on uh, different topics, listening, learning, Uh, connecting, uh, trying uh, so many different things. And so leading just kind of goes right in that avenue of all those other things. And it's so easy for each of these topics to kind of be interwoven. But I was reading a a recent quote from John Maxwell, and he said that uh, really good and important leaders will listen, they learn, and then they lead they develop relationships and they're willing to lead, but you have to listen, learn, and then lead. And so it's so funny how we talked about listening before and learning. And uh, and then of course it leads to uh, more impactful and more effective leadership. And so we're going to get into that. But before we get into that, I'd like uh, Karima to kind of just explain her story and kind of what led you to uh, where you are today in South Bend briefly. And then maybe talk about, I know off the uh, recording, we were talking about and some incidents when you were younger and how that kind of pushed you into a little bit of a more uh, mentality of being a leader for your your siblings as well. So let's go ahead and get into your story and, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure.
1: Um, so I moved to South Bend. So I've been here over 20 years. I moved to South Bend uh, my senior year of high school. Um, that was one of my first really uh, big tough decisions that I had to make because I was leaving um, everything that I know and love and um, it was at a vulnerable moment um, in uh, my life and for my family. Um, As my mother had had a nervous breakdown and I was kind of um, leading and kind of a caretaker for my two younger sisters. Um, So that's kind of what brought me to South Bend. My father was here and my grandparents. I came here my senior year. It was not unfamiliar territory to me at all because I would come and visit over the summers. Um, But it was a really tough decision for me at that time, but I knew it was the right thing for me. um, And I had to do it not for myself, but for my siblings. Um, I knew I needed to graduate and uh, figure out um, what my next steps we're going to be mm-hmm. um, because I had two younger sisters that were looking up to me and I right. wanted to make sure that I was a role model for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times it's not about, uh, I mean, you think about the world in itself, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times I, I find that I have the most success when I focus on helping the people right around me and mm-hmm. being the best person that I can be mm-hmm. um, for them.
0: Absolutely. It keeps your... And just a just a moment here, um, before we move on, because that's such a big nugget. If you guys didn't take anything away from that, a leader is somebody. I believe that they are aware of their surroundings. They're aware of the people that they're impacting. They're aware of their influence. And that's such a mature thing to think about when you were a younger person. Of course, you were in high school at the time, but still you were young. I mean, people, when I was in high school, I mean, a lot of times I'm, I'm pretty selfish, right? But you start thinking about how your younger siblings are, are, are watching you. And uh, number one, one takeaway before we even start really digging into the topic, and that is if you truly want to impact people, remember that everybody is watching you, right? And so everybody's keeping an eye on you and whatever your decisions you're making you must remember that that decision can influence somebody to go to the left or to the right. And you saw that at an early age that you know what I, I need to make sure that I'm this living example and prove to my sisters that we can get through this and and you know I'm gonna graduate, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that was like one of the first uh, really big decisions that I had to make. and um, it was really tough, but it absolutely went in my favor um, just because it, for me, really being thoughtful mm-hmm. of others and, and uh, people around me, um, that has always gone in my favor,
0: mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's good, and so, you, so you're in um, Jersey, and you're mm-hmm. leaving Jersey, going to South Bend, relocating, just trying to make sure that you have a better foundation, establishing yourself back in South Bend. So you get to South Bend, and, um, and kind of what leads you to where you're at today? Because now you're the CFO at South Bend Community School Corporation. Yes. And I know that was just recent, Um, And then, of course, you were the clerk and you worked within government agency um, within the government in capacity at the county city building. So how did you get to where you are today and into this kind of, I would say, an influential position in your life?
1: I'd say a lot of those uh, same principles uh, that takes me back to making decisions that I had to make um, in terms of coming to so, leaving Jersey mm-hmm. and coming to South Bend. Be- the reason I say that is because I haven't done everything the traditional way. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things I maybe have taken a little bit of an unorthodox unorthodox mm-hmm. uh, path, as some mm-hmm. as some would say. Um, because I did, when I graduated, I, I did go to college, but I, I didn't stay. I went to IU for six months and um, I was working with my dad uh, mm-hmm. in real estate. And um, you know, from the information that I gotten from when I was in Jersey and then working with my dad, mm-hmm. um, I decided I wanted to be a real estate mogul. And I, I, I purchased several properties when mm-hmm. I was 18 years old and um, I was uh, a prop- managing those properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I left college to do that. Yeah. Um, it, uh, of course, didn't go in my favor by the time I was 20, uh, what, 22, 23, I was okay. filing bankruptcy. Okay. Um, but it was a great learning experience. Okay. I mean, uh, most of my properties were in underserved areas. Okay. Um, so, you know, you were dealing with anything from... You know, people couldn't pay their rent for, for two or three months mm-hmm. to uh, uh, their lights were shut off and yeah. you had to pay the light bill for them or, or what have you. was um, so, real
0: quick, I have one rental property right now. <laughs> I know uh, my dad's got some, My uh, some people in my family also have rental properties. So I know the uh, the dilemmas <laughs> that you face and I just have one and we're always thinking, man, well, you should just sell this one. So I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then when you, you, you throw uh, taxes on top of that and tax assessments, uh, yeah. which... which uh, Makes things a lot more complex, and it, it's those are issues that the um, average individual just are not educated on or mm-hmm. in tune with. If mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with it on an everyday basis, right. it's very complex, it could be very complicated. Yes, yes. Um, but one of the things was when that didn't work out for me, mm-hmm. I was back reflecting, okay, mm-hmm. what's my next move, what's my next step, right? Um, and what I did was I went. Like I said early off, and I, and I tell people this all the time. I learned this about myself early and off early um, that I have to do meaningful work. Mm-hmm. So when that didn't work out, and I was reflecting, of course I had a job, and I knew I mm-hmm. can go back to school. But um, for me, um, I just always have this gnawing feeling that I need to be doing more for some reason. Right. That's good. Um, So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get it. You know, I'm going back to school, but I'm going to get a job. Where am I going to get a job? Mm-hmm. And, it, and in my mind. Um, and I credit this to like being a big city girl and maybe my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't feel like there's there's not anything I can't accomplish. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been blessed with that with that type of uh, mindset. And um, I'm like, so, so what am I gonna do next? And uh, sat down and thought about it for about a month or so. And I said, you know what? I'm getting a job in local government.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I thought about every time I went to the county assessor's office mm-hmm. and in the county city building I walked in there and, and really no one in the building looked like me mm-hmm. in 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 age um, uh, ethnicity mm-hmm. uh, you name it yeah, yeah. <laughs> even the language that we speak yeah. and when I mean by language you know just uh, um, people just being able to connect with one another yeah, yeah. so um, going in, in that building uh, quite often because I had several properties mm-hmm. and I uh, I I just felt like I wasn't able to get the information that I needed. No one was able to help me. They the culture was to shift you from office to office, not Mm -hmm. give you much information. Um, You figured out yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you have a CPA or a tax accountant? I'm like, no. And here I am owning businesses, and I don't have any of that. I can imagine, you know, some of the other people that are on fixed income, and you have, you name it. Absolutely. Um, So, you know. It was times when I demand to speak to a manager. Manager would even come and help me, and mm-hmm. couldn't really help me. Okay. Couldn't explain what I was being taxed on. Mm-hmm. Couldn't explain um, my Texas tax assessment. Couldn't couldn't properly explain the processes and the procedures mm-hmm. that I need to go through if I wanted to file an appeal, yeah. or procedures that uh, you know why my tax assessment went up if nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, j- just there was just no justice being okay. served. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was very frustrated. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, a lot of my frustration um, was just, I wasn't asking for a handout. I mean, I, right. I was doing, I, I was paying my taxes. I wasn't asking for anything. Right. I just wanted help with the process. And, and understanding, expl- and understanding. Yeah. just educate me on, mm-hmm. on what's going on. Are there things that I can be doing better? Can I be combining you know things or lots or whatever right. to, to make this a more efficient situation for mm-hmm. me? Um, And no one could help me. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and um, uh, thought about how I was going to go work in that building. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to people that I knew, and some people reached out to me, and I told them what I wanted to do and didn't hear anything back for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I know, I I hear back, and um, the guy that was over HR called me in and said he had – six interviews for me in different departments in the building. Mm. And I, I told him I really wanted the assessor's office. He right. had the assessor's office. He had the auditor, the prosecutor, um, you name it. And, yeah. and I told him, I said, no, I, I, I'm going to narrow it down to these three, but mm-hmm. I really want the assessor. So
0: you, you, you knew what you wanted. Yeah, yeah so
1: mm-hmm. it took three different interviews, yeah. um, one in the prosecutor's office, one in the assessor's office, and one in the treasurer's office. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I got offers in two of the two of the offices mm-hmm. that I probably wanted the most, which yeah. was the uh, the assessor and the auditor, mm-hmm. and um, took the job in the assessor's office um, and got in there and I, and I moved up really fast. Part mm-hmm. of it was, um, Culture was beginning to change mm-hmm. in terms of not internally but externally in mm-hmm. terms of uh, the needs and okay. and then uh, you had the two thousand you had the two thousand two uh, reassessment that was happening yes. and there was yeah. a lot of people that didn't want to deal with technology because mm-hmm. you know you had to use a different system to get that information mm-hmm. um, so you had a lot of people in the office that um, they were very apprehensive and uh, just. You know, give him a, a, a lot of pushback about the direction. Mm-hmm.
0: So you had skills, though, but you had you had the ability uh, to be able to help implement things, and and you stepped up. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we had a and it was a state mandate. Mm-hmm. So we had to um, implement the. Uh, we went from one hundred percent market, one third market value to one hundred percent. So. The city of, uh well, St. Joseph County, including South Bend, had their own economic downfall mm-hmm. before the real economic bottom out. Mm-hmm. And that was due to the uh, the formula of the uh, housing market here mm-hmm. locally, going from one-third uh, assessed value to 100% market. Everybody's mm-hmm. taxes quadrupled. Oh, yes. So we were doing tax appeals for about five years to mm-hmm. catch everything up. People were losing their homes because mm-hmm. mortgages doubled or, or quadrupled. Um. So that was a big thing. Then we had the bottom out. And during that time, I also let um, the other thing that was put in place was that we would streamline like 13 townships Mm -hmm. had to be closed down and we had to combine them into one township assessor's office. So right now you only have actually two. It was by referendum. Mm -hmm. It was on the ballot. So the only two still standing is the county assessor's office and Penn Township.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And
1: that was by referendum. So when that happened, we had, we, we currently have 13 townships. Mm-hmm. Each one of those townships had their own assessor's office within mm-hmm. the township. Right. And what I did was, by the time I left there, I was a compliance officer. Mm-hmm. So everyone did their uh, stratifying of all the data, uh, their assessments in their own townships. Mm-hmm. They sent that information to me. I stratified all of it and sent it to the DLGF, the local mm-hmm. government of finance for the ratio studies. Okay. But then when they mandated that um, by referendum mm-hmm. um, that all the townships were closed down,
0: I had to lead the charge and combine those 13 townships into two. So you were able to lead some change as well. And then let me let me transition for a sec. So we're we're learning that, number one, when you were younger, you got into a place where you recognized recognized the opportunity to lead. Um, you recognize the opportunity to lead yourself because you need to make sure you created a future for yourself, and then also an example to your sisters. You get into a place where you can connect in the local um, government, and so you you found a, an opportunity in the assessor's office. You continue to grow from there. I can see that you you grew to it, different places of the um, the government. Now you you get into a place where you eventually become the the, um, the clerk right? And so one thing, I know you were on Kyle O'Connor's uh, South Bend Beat podcast recently. One of the things that I heard you say while you were on there was that you were a little maybe apprehensive about that opportunity. And you said this phrase, you said, why not me? And, uh, and you know, even leading up to uh, this uh, question that I'm about to ask you, you even said that you felt like you, you know, you could always do it. You can always accomplish many things. But, and so that question, why not me? For somebody that maybe feels as though, they um, aren't ready to lead. Um, they feel like maybe there's certain things that they don't. They're always learning, right? So we're always learning. So it sometimes feels like we're never ready to lead. And so I guess my question for you would be: If somebody's listening right now, and they feel like they're in a position where you know they have an opportunity, what would what would you say to them with that same phrase in mind? Why not me? So what would you tell somebody that's maybe apprehensive about taking an opportunity to lead? I've
1: always had the ability and I thank God for it to kind of uh look at uh you know problems as opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um but one of the things I would say is uh why not me? Um you don't have to have all of these specific skills that mm-hmm. um everyone else can point to. Mhm. Look at the skill set that you can point to yourself within your own life and what you've been able to do right around you. And I think if if people would take the opportunity and, and if a person was to write down the things that they've been able to accomplish and do. So (laughs) Mm, now with the media and everything, like um, a lot of people are are reaching for the stars and everything that's glittery and everything that's shiny and people Mm -hmm. don't live in the moment. People don't even celebrate their own personal small wins before they're on to the next big shiny thing. Right. If you would take the opportunity, going back to the um, why not me, Mm -hmm. if I was to tell my story to someone, Um, and we're our own worst enemies a lot of times. Our own
0: own worst critic, right? We
1: are, we are. Um, But if I was to write down the accomplishments, now, Mm -hmm. you probably couldn't take those accomplishments and necessarily tie them to a piece of paper and say, hey, well, I have this degree or I have that degree. But if you were to take the accomplishments Mm -hmm. in themselves from the time I started in the assessor's office and the impact and the things that I set out to do, and I was—if I was able to check them off a list.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you say, mm-hmm. for instance, <laughs> you're looking to hire someone, right? With a specific skill set. Mm-hmm. You have a person over here with a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and they may have a lot of accolades on a, on a piece of paper, or um, a certain skill set is tied to a degree or this right. or that. Then you have a person over here that can actually take tangible things Mm -hmm. that they've done. Right. Leadership skills, Mm -hmm. where they've led change Mm -hmm. in different areas um, and across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. What would you what if you were looking to hire someone, Mm -hmm. what
0: would your thoughts be? Oh, it's without a doubt, I don't look at degrees. You know, I'm, I, There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to tell a young person listening don't get a college degree, but I would tell you that um, if you have the ability to lead and you have the experience and you've been willing to take those steps in that direction, then that's definitely going to be something that you're going to look at, somebody that's more well-rounded. So mm-hmm. I agree with you.
1: Okay, so a it. lot of times I, th- I think when people, and the only reason I'm bringing this up because a lot of times when, when, um, when I talk to people, mm-hmm. uh, people that I come encounter with, mm-hmm those are the barriers. Those are the things Mm -hmm. that they're thinking about when they're making decisions about their next move and if they should say yes to something, if they should take the opportunity, if they should put themselves out there. Am I gonna get beat up because I don't have X, Y, Z? And my thing to them is, look at the things in your life that you have been in charge of or that you have taken charge of. How have Mm -hmm. you done with those things? Mm -hmm. Have you The things that you set out to accomplish, Mm That are around you right. how have you done with those things? Mm-hmm. Were you able to finish right what did that look like right who did you bring mm-hmm. along
0: with you that's good
1: and if you can answer those questions, why not you yeah, you are yeah, ready that's,
0: that's such a good assessment. let me just explain one quick thing to those that are listening I'm, I'm going start getting I'm going start preaching to you guys here no I'm sorry. Uh, but there's <laughs> a there's a couple things number one uh, this reminds me of what uh, scripture says that those who are faithful over little things would be ruler over many things or greater things but it reminds me of the story of David and Goliath, right? Mm -hmm. And so David uh, remembered when he was going to approach Goliath. Everybody knows whether you read the Bible or not, you know the story of David and Goliath, but you may not know uh, what he told himself. He says uh, that God had given him the lion and the bear. Why not Goliath? You know, why not me? You know, why, not, why can't I go ahead and, and lead these people? He's this, this runt of his brothers. He's the one that uh, didn't have it all together necessarily with regard to, ex, uh, to all the experience. He didn't have trophies yet. You know, he didn't have any, all those accolades. But when nobody was watching, that's when he took the lion and the bear, And then when everybody was watching, that's when he took Goliath. And so to me, what it tells me is that you can be faithful. Those of you who are listening, you're going through things in your life right now and nobody can see behind the scenes. Only you can. So we need to start jotting down. What are the things that what what I have accomplished? What are the things that I am doing where I can tell people, you know what? I I can do this. Why not me? Why can't I? I, I'm leading anyway. I'm just nobody maybe has given me a title yet. Most people are. Right. (laughs) That's good. I'm, you know what? Go ahead. Do you have anything else you want to share on that?
1: No. Okay.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that, good. Was, that was great. That was, that's good stuff. So um, what would be your main, um, if, I, if you were to define leadership, what would be kind of your definition of leadership?
1: People that aren't afraid, that aren't afraid to lead first, leading yourself. Mm-hmm. And like we talk about small things, mm-hmm. um, not being afraid to put yourself out there. Um, and holding yourself accountable.
0: That's good. Let's talk about that. So lead, leading yourself first and then being, of course, more able to lead other people and holding yourself accountable. What does that look like, holding yourself accountable?
1: Holding yourself accountable. I, I talk about it all the time with my kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being self-checked. You want to make sure that no one else has to check you. You mm-hmm. should have internal, like we talk about internal controls, you have con- internal controls on, for yourself Absolutely. and what you're doing and what you're trying to do. Um, and checking in on that often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you don't uh, don't let things get too far gone. Don't get so caught up in the every day where you're not checking in on yourself.
0: Mm, that's good. Self-assessment. Yes. Self-awareness. Yes. I think Absolutely. that's really important. And I think that's where you are at. I mean, you've grown up, you've just being self aware, knowing that you have the ability to do these things. Maybe you hadn't accomplished it yet, but you know within yourself that you have those uh, those abilities. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of being a um, a strong leader, but knowing that things aren't always fair. And so, in your case, uh, I, I want to just talk about the idea of being a woman in leadership. I want to talk about being a minority. I want to talk about being somebody that's young. And so those are three things. I know when I first got into the mortgage business, I always thought, "Man, it's going to be hard to do anything because I'm so young." And um, I started back in 2006 in the mortgage industry, and it's 2019, going on 2020. And so I've been in it for a while. But I remember how feeling like, "There's just nah nobody's going to want to work with me. I'm too young. I don't have enough experience." And so that was one thing working against me. But um, I know that you've got things that can work against you as well within just our culture as a whole. And now things are changing, but. Um, being a minority and being a woman and then also being young, explain how somebody that may feel like the cards are stacked against them in certain areas of their life, how they can just get over that that wall and continue to lead and keep pushing forward.
1: Um, I have two things. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing I would say is uh, the thing that is working against you Mm -hmm. is your personal story. Mm -hmm. And there are... You'd be amazed how many people out there that have that same story. Mm-hmm. That's watching you and that would be inspired by that story.
0: So you're saying the thing that's working for you is your personal story. The thing that's that's propelling you is your personal story. Or you're saying well, you're saying work you said working against you is your personal The pers- things that
1: are working against you are your okay. personal story. Okay. Uh, th- those are those are usually those are usually your that's usually your individual oh. personal story the things that are working against you and so Mm -hmm. um how are you going to take those things and turn those negative things into a positive
0: that's good so those some of those circumstances that your your personal situations you faced gotcha go ahead
1: yeah those are your story i mean i give you example Mm -hmm. some of the things that that um were awful to me in my life Mm -hmm. um like the thing when you know when i was young and my mom had a nervous breakdown and the, those things became my personal story, yes, and, and those things those are the very things that gave me the energy to push mm-hmm. forward and help me make the tough decisions mm-hmm. so I, I I think those those um but you have to really pay attention to uh, how you look at those things mm-hmm. and the type of focus that you 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 the type of focus um for example, let me let me give you an example yeah, here. Go ahead. Um, and, and one of the other things that I would say, my, my second thing that I was going to say, and I'll give you an example after I say the second thing. Okay. The second thing is that um, your positives, the mm-hmm. things that in all of those things that we talked about, being mm-hmm. young, um, being a minority, being a woman,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in all of those things, what are the things that in those things you are really really good at, that mm-hmm. stand out. You have to be able to identify those things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about the negatives becoming your story, mm-hmm. when you've identified um, within those things, what is great about you? What What are the things that you are strong at and play those up? Um, I, you talked about yourself in real estate and, and um, getting in, you know, I'm younger, how mm-hmm. am I going? That's a positive. Right. That, that's a, I mean, um, I, I could see right off thinking about it, but, but to be honest, mm-hmm. what are the positive things about you being young? Absolutely. Um, what, you got new people, we have new culture, new people that are talking about, hey, we wanna figure out how to stay in South Bend and not leave because we wanna go to a bigger city. Right. Who's gonna resonate with those people the most, bes- yeah. more than a young person? Absolutely. So you really have that's to good. look at, you really
0: have to look at the, the, the positive things. All right. So the one thing that I take away from what you were saying is, um, you, number one, knowing what your identity is and actually overcoming your own personal objections. I think uh, that's a big thought for me when I first got into the mortgage business was you need to come up with, what, what are you going to say to overcome that objection? And sometimes we create the objections in our own mind, like I'm too young. And so therefore you have to come up with, well, what would be my response to that if somebody was asked, was saying, you know, you are too young. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so like what you were saying is who better uh, than somebody that is young to connect and resonate with those that are younger. And so there's always a way for us to overcome that objection. And sometimes we tell ourselves stories that keeps us from leading because we feel like, well, nobody wants to hear this story. Nobody wants uh, what I have to offer. So let's go ahead and move on from there.
1: Yeah. So just summing that up, those those very things that are objections become in, in my experience, your personal story. Mm-hmm. and uh, I'll just give an example, like you said, uh, being a minority, being a woman, mm-hmm. um, being young, mm-hmm. and, and if I were you you know in the in the mortgage industry or real estate,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I'd say for people that are coming back you know that want to stay here, but they're leaving mm-hmm. um, because they want to go to bigger cities or whatever, and we, we want to build a pipeline for people to stay here, right. So what better person to help them um, than someone that's young, that kind of understands mm-hmm. um, understands the culture of South Bend for young people. But then when you talk about um, being a minority, it's uh, how many people out there that are minorities that are facing the same issues? Mm. How can I help them? How can I stand in the gap for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and then being a woman, same mm-hmm. thing. You know how many women aren't living in their purpose, mm-hmm. and, and, and and aren't taking opportunities uh, because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you you think about all of those things, um, you begin to take those negatives, and uh, they become your story.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and you start realizing that you become a voice for maybe, the, and you talked about this, a voice for the underserved. Mm-hmm. You start remembering your why. Mm-hmm. And when you start remembering your why, that propels you to be willing to lead, even though maybe it's uncomfortable at times.
1: Yes. So you, think, you agree? <laughs> I, I, absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And your why is always that thing that when things get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you want to go back to that. You want to mm-hmm. go back to that. You want to go back to your, I, I tell people all the time, you know people ask me you know tell me one thing or you know one good thing that you know i should do or this is that and the other and i'm like have your own personal mission statement mm-hmm. you know and every now, now and now like and again that. it'll change but that brings you back to your why and that keeps you on course mm-hmm. when you because every now and again no matter what industry we're in you know we, we get off course
0: absolutely it is so true. And so, man, there's so, so much uh, meat here. And so there's, we're going to be wrapping it up here pretty soon, but I want to really make sure that we're diving into this, this idea of leadership. And so we've heard these terms of being a servant leader and we've heard the term of, um, actually there's a book I was reading called follow, uh, to lead. And so you have to follow first and then, and then lead others. And those of you who've listened to this podcast, uh, any, a few episodes anyway, you know that a lot of the things we talk about just sort of relate and it's it's interesting that it does because most leaders that I have on here uh, they all have very similar um you know characteristics, and so one of that one of those is uh, humility and so uh, what does being a servant leader, especially somebody that's that's kind of in the public uh service space, what does that mean to you being a servant leader to those around you
1: keeping service at the forefront mm-hmm. um it, it's <laughs> it's service to be willing to put yourself out there, put yourself out there yeah. on the tough issues, get beat up. I mean, cause when I say put yourself out there, you're putting your life out there mm-hmm. in terms of everything you've done wrong, everything that, you know, that isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. And and, you, and none of us are perfect. That's I mean, right. we are all a work in progress, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so serving for one, like I said, Put it, being willing to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. knowing that we're imperfect human beings and we make mistakes and willing to own up to those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's willing to leave from behind too, mm-hmm. when I have to, and put myself on the back burner and put others before myself, others in their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times before my own, before mm-hmm. my
0: children, um, because I care. Mm, That's good. Being selfless. And so, I mean, no one knows that more than a a loving mother when it comes to uh, being a servant leader, because you're leading your children and you, but you're also serving them at the same time, but then also serving the community. And one of the takeaways that I get from this is that um, you have to be willing to put yourself out there, meaning be willing to have those tough conversations, be willing to maybe be sometimes one that others don't agree with. Uh, agree with or be willing to put your yourself out there
1: and be vulnerable. And be vulnerable. And let, you know, <laughs> I mean, I talk about stuff all the time. Like, God, you told people that you filed bankruptcy. You told yeah. people. And I'm like, that's who I am. Right. I mean, I'm not perfect. Right. I mean, and nor nor, I mean, I'm I'm trying to be the best version of Karima that I can be, right, for myself and for my children and for my community. But I fall short. Mm -hmm.
0: That's being genuine, Mm -hmm. and and I think for me, that's one of the big uh, I think takeaways in my life, um, where I know that if I'm genuine and my motives are pure, absolutely, when I'm doing things for others, when I'm doing things in the business, or I'm doing things within the capacity of the church that I serve in. Uh, within the community, as long as I know my motives are pure, I, I believe that that's an important thing, but also just being genuine. And people resonate with somebody that's genuine, a genuine leader, not somebody that's just a leader in, in title. you know. And, and so often I think people are looking for a title. Man, they're just looking for another label they can place on themselves. Or like you were saying, like, sometimes we look for that next trophy or the, that shiny object you were saying. And when we, when we look for those things for us to feel like, okay, now I can do what I need to do. I think that's wrong. I think we're doing it maybe for the wrong reasons. Do you agree with that or what's your thoughts?
1: I I totally agree. I mean, I I agree with you 100% on being authentic Mm -hmm. um, and your motives being in the right place. Mm -hmm. Because hear hear me out, politics are tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, real life politics, when you have to get elected to an office and you have to pick a side and say, I'm running for Democrat, Republican, it's tough. And you get beat up, you put yourself out there at times the only thing that keeps me Mm -hmm. is the fact that I know my motives are right and Mm -hmm. I've been true to myself. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And and, and what I mean by that is um, I'm a god fearing woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I I keep God at the forefront. I have to live with myself at night. With every decision that I make, I have to be able to go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. the one thing that keeps me. Whether people think that, you know, there was so much out there about when I switch positions about money and all of this other stuff. But long as I know mm-hmm. that my motives are right and I'm doing things for the right reason, reasons and I will continue to live on purpose mm-hmm. within my purpose and do things for the right reasons, at the end of the day, that's what resonates and what
0: matters. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is so true, man, That is that is good. So let me, let me switch gears just a little bit before we wrap this thing up. And so you, um, you got into the position, we're talking about, um, I want to kind of talk about that following the lead thing too as well. Um, you got into the position of CFO uh, within the South Bend Community School Corporation. And I was asking you, you know, how, how are things going? You said, know, yeah, I'm learning a lot still.
1: I'm learning a lot. And so lot. you're
0: in a leadership role, but you're also in a role of, of learning. And you never, I think, lose sight of that. And so um, what's that like right now for you just to kind of continue to be that Have that mentality of learning, but you know that as you're learning, you're still leading. Yes. Right.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm. uh, (laughs) It's. It's. It's a lot. I'm. I'm very excited. I'm very optimistic. Um, I just one of the things is just really making sure that all the principles um, that I've talked about during Mm -hmm. this podcast, being Mm -hmm. true to myself. making sure that I have you know, internal balances and that I do tons of self-assessments and that I'm self-aware. Um, those are all things I always keep at the forefront mm-hmm. while I'm learning, while I'm making decisions. Um, emotional intelligence is really big for me, really mm-hmm. being able to understand where other people are coming from. Mm-hmm. One of the other reasons that I think uh, this was kind of a good position for me at this particular moment in time. We're in a pivotal moment in South Bend's history. But one of the things is that uh, we've had several people in the administration in terms of superintendents and all mm-hmm. of this other stuff. Um, we're facing some some really tough challenges. Mm-hmm. But also there's a culture within mm-hmm. the administration and mm-hmm. within South Bend schools, of a culture all of its own right. um, wow. that... Uh, a lot of things have to happen. There's a lot of change that needs to take place mm-hmm. um, for us to really begin to peel the layers off and, and get to where we need to be in South Bend schools and be the become the choice. Right. Um, but change management is huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I dealt a lot mm-hmm. with change management, um, working for three different uh, local government arms mm-hmm. um, in leadership positions. Change management is huge Mm -hmm. and i think it's is a lot of times it's overlooked um but in these positions, what I what I learned is that you have to have a person that's on the ground with people and that resonates with people mm-hmm. and at any given time is willing to put themselves in another person's shoes by mm-hmm. all means, Absolutely. No, no matter who it is. When I'm in organizations, like I was talking to you about the assessor's office and the culture, mm-hmm. it, and and no one looked like me, I was dealing with older people. Everyone right. in the department was 30 years older than myself. Yeah. But they liked me mm-hmm. because I was really able to bring them along. Mm-hmm. Now, not every, that gap. yeah, right. bridge mm-hmm. the gap and try to bring people along. So I, mm-hmm. I'd say um, really being able to connect with people mm-hmm. and, and put yourself in another person's shoes and having enough emotional intelligence to know when it's necessary to switch courses and, and really just be with the people. Like you talked about before, relationships are half the Mm -hmm. battle people need to know that you care not that you care just about schools but Mm -hmm. you care about them
0: absolutely yeah I, i agree i think so even when you're in a position that's new um you know you face that new opportunity which is a new challenge all in and of itself um you know that you can still apply a lot of the things that are it's not it's nothing new you're not you're not reinventing the wheel you're connecting with people still you're learning you're putting yourself in their shoes that emotional intelligence is so important um, There's so many nuggets of of truth that we've been talking about today when it comes to just how to lead and leading yourself first, holding yourself accountable, having internal controls and making sure you're doing the right thing, identifying your strengths as a leader and focusing. So I know that you said um, off the uh, recording, you you were saying that you serve on a multi- multiple boards. Um, and you were talking about how maybe it's, it's a good idea to sometimes say no, and sometimes maybe simplify so that you can be more impactful and effective in other areas as well. And so that speaks to a lot of leaders. And so what are things we're saying yes to that? Maybe we need to say, you know what, maybe that may be good, but that may not be the best thing right now. And it may not be making me as most effective. And so talk a little bit about the board you're on and maybe what your, your, your thoughts are for, um, the future and, and why, um, you might be kind of simplifying a little bit.
1: Yes, uh, we talk about onboarding, and so I'm in the process of offboarding. That's right. <laughs> um, just just because uh, you only have a, an allotted amount of time, and um, you want to make sure that uh, you're the most. For me, I need to be able to make impact and use my time and talent um, in the most effective manner. Mm-hmm. I'm on, like I said, tons of boards and commissions, and I will say this. Um, the ones that I currently serve on, it may seem, they, it may seem like a, a bit much. I'm really passionate about those particular uh, boards. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, St. Margaret's House, um, I serve on the board for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, um, Who's Your Women Forward for mm-hmm. Indiana as a political organization. Um, I All those things I'm, I'm really passionate about. But um, where am I really going to be able to make impact? right now at this particular time in my life in this particular space in my life um where would my personal story resonate the most mm-hmm. and make the most impact so i'm i'm really looking at uh offboarding and um I'll, those organizations know that you know i'm a call away if they really really need something mm-hmm. but um for me right now it's more about really being able to uh make impact and then i have i have um two children too mm-hmm. so that takes quite a bit of my time right. and we talked about leading and leading by example and all that and, and and I and I one of the things that I'd say is one of the biggest things that you can do for your community mm-hmm. um right now today <laughs> is make sure that your kids are good law abiding citizens mm-hmm. and that they are servant leaders Mm -hmm. and that they are doing what needs to be done to help push not only the community forward, but um, whatever it is. I I think that's the biggest gift that you can give to your community is making sure that your Mm -hmm. own children understand um, leadership, Mm -hmm. giving back, um, you know, why it's important to to serve mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. um i think that is huge mm-hmm. um sometimes i you know i'm running around i'm doing all of these things and i say that it's you know i say all the time i'm doing these things for my children mm-hmm. and blah 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 and uh sometimes i have to sit down and really assess it's, are my kids getting it? Is it right. resonating with them? Right. And this week, I w- I will honestly say to you this week, because um, we go through things with our children. I mean, my children are growing. My daughter's 17. So mm-hmm. she's, you know, on this, she's looking for colleges and all that. She's on her way. And my son's 12. And I have them doing all these things. Sometimes they're right alongside me. Mm-hmm. Um, But we never know if the things are really resonating or not And last night, I will honestly say The the most rewarding thing happened to me yesterday One of the most rewarding things Um, Because sometimes uh, we know as far as children But we're not always paying attention And we just, we're wondering like Are they getting it, you know Um, So so yesterday, well last week I got a call from my daughter's school And uh, she got a call from her school And they said, Miss Fowler We want you to come to the school during mass Um, And so they didn't tell me why or anything because it was a surprise. But my daughter got the community uh, community service award okay, that's for the awesome. for the school as a senior. And wow. so they only pick one boy and they pick they pick one male and one female and one teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she got that award and that's she awesome. could not she couldn't even believe it. Yeah, but. I mean, she she literally has been putting in the work, you know, Mm -hmm. over the, you know, over the four years, whatever, but she couldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, you know, we haven't had anybody from the girls basketball team get this. uh, We don't think ever. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So it's (laughs) resonating. Yeah. So so, she's getting it. So, yeah. So that was probably one of the most uh, rewarding things for me. Um, when 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 those things happen, and she she had a really she had a really tough week last week, and I was struggling with her, and I'm like, man, am I not spending enough time with my own kids? Mm-hmm. And then turn around this week, she has a really good week. She gets mm-hmm. that reward, but then also she she was she was player of the game on. It's like It was like game of the week, so she's player of the game. Yeah. But then she got done with that, and she does an internship for Redeemer Radio, which is a Christian radio station. Yeah. She got done with that, left mm-hmm. left her game, mm-hmm. and went to do the moderation for the boys' game. Mm-hmm. It was one of the bigger games of the week because it was – um riley and st joe she left there to moderate that game and you know like everyone was saying like all the people were tweeting stuff out they're like we don't know if we if we loved her game the most or her moderation you know but just the you know the hustle and the bustle and you know just the giving back Mm -hmm. um and so I'm I'm really proud of her. Like I said, I was going through some stuff with her last week because I'm like, Cash, you know, you got to move on this stuff for college, yeah. you know. And I'm just, I was just frustrated. I'm like, mm-hmm. Am I not spending enough time with her? Like, what is it? Yeah. But then, but then, this week you know she gets the community service award mm-hmm. and then she she's player of the game but mm-hmm. then you know everybody all the stations between now we don't know if we like her game more her commentating, that's you know awesome. she her hustle and bustle that's so, awesome
0: uh, you know, that that to me what that speaks to and, and and we'll wrap it up here but uh what it speaks to to me is that number 1 if you're somebody that maybe you feel like maybe you're not in a position where you do have the title maybe you are a uh just a mother that Maybe you stay home, not just a mother, but sometimes in our minds we say, "Oh, I'm just you know I don't have a job, my career is not taken off." But you have children, or you're a father. Maybe you've gone through a divorce, as an example, and maybe you, you just feel like you don't have that influence in in your career like you do, like you used to, or whatever it is. Or maybe you're in a, a situation where you just you, maybe you you did have a bankruptcy, or there's just something where you just feel like I'm not. being fulfilled in a certain area of my career, but you still have your young people that's watching you. And, um, and, and they're, they're keeping an eye on what you're doing. And so I believe that that is such a big thing. So what you've challenged parents to do is to continue to teach their young people, regardless of what your circumstances um, are or in the the situation that you're faced with, keep teaching them and keep making sure you're pouring into them because you're creating that next generation. And, and I see you're doing a good job. And of course, and, and the second thing is, as leaders, we, we still go through those roller coaster of, of emotions. You feel like, am I doing it the right way? Am I, am I impactful? And then you start seeing the proof in the pudding. You start seeing it start to resonate with people. And I think that's such a fulfilling thing. Let me uh, get to this final question then. And so uh, we talked about you. We talked about your children. talked about your career, the community. Uh, what's one thing that you would want to be known for when um, it's all said and done? What do you want your final kind of lasting impact to be? Stepping
1: up to the plate when it's needed the most.
0: Mm. That's good. Being willing to step up. Yep. That's awesome. Folks, are you willing? Are you willing to step up? And so, um, you know what? I think that's so awesome. So we'll conclude with that. But Kareem, I appreciate you taking the time. I, like I said, I know you're real busy. So you coming into my small mortgage office and just uh, doing this recording with me means a, a heck of a lot to me. So I appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome.
0: Of course. Those of you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I ask you to go ahead and and subscribe. Uh, Go ahead and share this with your friends and uh, rate us. I'd love to hear from you as well. So if you have any questions or you have any ideas of maybe the next guest I can have on, feel free to reach out. You can make a comment on any of my social media pages uh, that I post this on, or you can uh, find us on iTunes, uh, Google. You can find it on Podbean as well. But until next time, this is Jonathan McInnes with the Purpose and Performance Podcast. We will see you guys later.